Who am I? Where do I fit in? Where do I belong? Identity is important, and so it's no surprise that the people Jesus meets want to know about his. Hi, and welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. I'm Stuart. Just a quick word about where we find ourselves in terms of the COVID restrictions for our in-person worship and activities at the church. As things continue to improve and more people are vaccinated, on Monday the 9th of August, we're able to move out of the COVID levels. For us at St Ninians, that means that most of the restrictions around about what we can do are removed. Of course, COVID hasn't disappeared, so there are still some basic measures in place to help us to look after each other and especially the more vulnerable members of our community. Social distancing has been removed, but we'll still ask you not to all bunch up together. We'll keep asking you to wear a face covering for now and to sanitise your hands. And we still need to take your details for track and trace. Our other activities are also able to restart, so we look forward to welcoming more of you throughout the week as we move forward. I have another piece of news for you. Our session clerk, Margaret McGregor, has decided to retire. Margaret has served St Ninians in this role for a long time and she has done so brilliantly. We owe her a great deal and a huge amount of thanks and we will of course do that at some point soon. I'm delighted to tell you that Fiona Anderson has agreed to be our new session clerk. She brings a huge amount of energy and commitment and a real passion for St Ninians as well as her excellent organisational skills and we're all very excited for this new chapter. I should probably also be quite clear that Fiona isn't going to do all of the things that Margaret has done. Margaret will keep on oversight of her pastoral care team and others have been asked to take on some of the pieces of work to help share the load. As I said, we will both thank Margaret and welcome Fiona properly soon, but I'm sure you'll want to keep them both in your prayers at this time of transition. And I'm delighted to say that Fiona and her daughter Mira join me in leading worship this week. Mira reads for us from John chapter 6, verses 35 to 51. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. Those who come to me will never be hungry. Those who believe in me will never be thirsty. Now, I told you that you have seen me, but will not believe. Everyone whom my Father gives me will come to me. I will never turn away anyone who comes to me, because I have come down from heaven to do not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And it is the will of him who sent me that I should not lose any of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them all to life on the last day. For what my Father wants is that all those who see the Son and believe in him should have eternal life, and I will raise them to life on the last day. The people started grumbling about him because he said, I am the bread that comes down from heaven. So they said, this man is Jesus, son of Joseph, isn't he? We know his father and mother. How then does he now say he came down from heaven? Jesus answered, stop grumbling among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him to me and I will raise him to life on the last day. The prophets wrote, everyone will be taught by God. Anyone who hears the Father and learns from him comes to me. This does not mean that anyone has seen the Father. He who is from God is the only one who has seen the Father. I am telling you the truth. He who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. 
Your ancestors ate manna in the desert, but they died. But the bread that comes down from heaven is of such a kind that whoever eats it will not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I give him is my flesh, which I give so the world may live. I love sport. Give me a sporting event to watch and I'm happy. It could be anything. And one of the things I really enjoy about the Olympics is finding yourself absolutely compelled by some sport you know nothing about or would never usually get the chance to watch. Dressage, sport climbing and skateboarding are, are just a few of the things I've been sucked into. Avril and I found ourselves sitting at 1.30am watching the triathlon really enthralled by the close competition. Some of that is about seeing people at the absolute pinnacle of their sport running world records. Some of it is about the competition and the drama of all of that, the stories of triumph and disaster played out before us. Some of it's just wondering how on earth they do that. The 20 kilometre walking was on the other day. That's about 13 miles, that's a half marathon. And the winner took an hour and 21 minutes. His average speed was three minutes and 50 seconds per kilometre. When I go for a run, 5k at 5 minutes per kilometre is a pretty good effort. I've never managed 4 minutes per kilometre since it was about 25. These guys can walk faster than I can run. How can that be? For me, there are two stories that have really stood out so far. The first is of Sky Brown. She's 13. She's the youngest ever Olympic medalist winning bronze in the women's skateboarding. She's incredible. And what's more incredible is that so not so very long ago, she was in hospital with head injuries following a horrible crash when she was training. She was doing one of those tricks where you go from one ramp to another and she missed. She landed in the gap on her head and thankfully she recovered fully. And there she was at the Olympics winning bronze. And you get three runs in the skateboarding. And the first two runs saw her fall on the same trick. And it would have been really easy for her to dial it back a bit, to change the trick to something easier, but she didn't. She went for it and she landed it and she skated to a medal. The second is 28-year-old Laura Muir. Laura is a brilliant middle distance runner. She's had success over 800 and 1500 metres. She has loads of medals from indoor events, but for a variety of reasons has never quite managed to get one in a major competition outdoors. Part of that was a commitment to completing her training as a vet, meaning she missed out on the last Commonwealth Games to take her finals. She qualified for both 800 and 1500 metres this time, but decided to drop out of the 800, leaving just one race. She ran a British record time to win a silver medal. One of the things that grabs me about these two women is their perseverance. Sky could have given up after her accident. I know that if I had been her dad, then I'd have been very, very nervous about letting her back in the ramp. But there she was, with her dad by her side, cheering her on. Laura doesn't need to run. She's a fully qualified vet, and if the bills that we pay for our two dogs are anything to go by, then there's much more money in that than there will ever be for her in running. But she loves it. It's who she is. She's a runner who's a vet, not a vet who runs. But why am I talking about this today? Well, because I think there's a bit of a link to our story today. This week at St Ninian's, we've just made some promises together. 
and welcomed baby Sophie into the family of the church in baptism. She, like every other child, has her whole life ahead of her and will have a whole load of opportunities to be many things. Wherever her path leads her, whatever her successes and challenges, she will always have people to support her. That's what we promise in baptism. And I hope that we will always take that promise that we make very seriously because it matters. Knowing that you have somewhere where you belong matters. Knowing that you are loved and accepted matters. Knowing that there will always be someone to dust you off and pick you up matters. Knowing that there will always be people praying for you matters. Success doesn't often come without support and encouragement. We've seen how sport without fans doesn't really work over the past 18 months. So, please keep encouraging one another. Our story today shows how hard that can be for us. Hard to be encouraging even when we come face to face with someone amazing. Remember, Jesus has just fed the people, all of the people, 5,000 men and all the women and children with just five small loaves and a couple of fish. And the people don't understand what's happened. But when Jesus tries to explain it, it's a bit like me trying to understand how Tom Daly does a triple back somersault off the 10 metre diving board. I can see it and he looks like a normal human. I just can't wrap my head around how that's even possible, never mind the technique involved. But more than that, Jesus gets the who does he think he is treatment. We know his family. How can he be saying and doing all this stuff that he came down from heaven? He's just the same as us. Even though they've watched them heal people and feed people in ways that none of them could. Maybe it's just a step too far. We're happy with small victories, little successes, especially when they benefit us or we get to bask in the reflective glory. We all feel a little bit taller, a little bit more confident when Andy Murray won Wimbledon, even though that had nothing to do with any of us. But it reminds us that people just like us can achieve stuff that we can only usually dream of. But what happens when it turns out they're not just like us? In sport that usually looks like getting caught cheating or using performance enhancing drugs. But what happens when the guy who lived down the road and who used to make your furniture turns out to be the son of God. You know, Mary's boy. We're not good at difference. Just look at the ridiculous notes that we've been in for years about all kinds of discrimination based on gender, race, sexual orientation or ability. It makes absolutely no sense. But it seems to be something that we somehow default to. We're suspicious of difference. One of the things we forget about these Bible stories is that we're all in them. Those people are just like us, the ones who can or won't believe, the ones who just can't get their heads or hearts around how this could be true. And so what Jesus says is for us too. And those famous verses in John 3.16, well, they're expanded in this story. God loves us and promises his support for all of us. And the promise isn't a far off thing for later. God's promise is eternal. And that's one of those words that we get wrong. When does eternal start? It already has. We tend to see it as from now on. But as John's Gospel reminds us, God already was, even before the beginning. And God will always be. 
The promise to be in God's love is forever. That's already begun and it will never end. That's the promise that Sophie entered into at church today. And it's the same promise that we all share and made us by Jesus. This man who looks like us and lived like us and felt all the things we feel and lived the life that we lived and had the pain and joy and love and despair that all of us have. And that's the problem, really. If Jesus is just like them, then it won't be forever. The incarnation is temporary. God with us won't last. And where will we be when it's all over? And yet, thankfully, Jesus is more than us. Same flesh and blood, but not the same. And that's the whole point of this story. God showing up to be present with us, but to remind us that God was always present, is always present, and will always be present. And through him we get to enter into a mystery where God loves us always. Yes, us. All of us, no matter who we are or where we're from or what we've said or done. And that, I think, is a promise worth sharing in.
Almighty loving God, in your compassion you sent your Son to shine his light into the darkness of our lives and of our world, to guide us towards a new life and a new perspective. This day, as we seek his light, we ask for your blessing on this troubled planet, in the midst of pain and disease, and still suffering under the impacts of the pandemic and climate change. We pray for change in the hearts and minds of each of us that we might see again the glory of your creation and our duty to protect it. This day, as we seek his light, we ask for your blessing on our community, this parish, this area, as it too seeks to find a way forward into an uncertain future. We pray for change in the way we interact with each other, that we might see the good that is all around us. This day, as we seek his light, we ask for your blessing on your church, here in this place and across the world, online and in person. As we seek to do your work and love your people, we pray that new perspectives will be heard, that we will change and grow and maintain what is valuable. This day, we seek his light. We ask for your blessing on each of us as we gather today, often separated in space, but united in worship of you. As we look for the wisdom and the boldness to listen to your beloved son, we pray that your love will be known to each of us and all those that we meet. Help us to find the glory in our everyday lives and share it with a world so in need of your voice. All these things we pray for in the words you taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. May you take your place in love. May you stand in love's shoes and live. May you share the joy and sorrow of love. And know love's sorrow and love's joy will make you complete. To go with the blessing of God, creator, source and spirit of love with us today and always. Yeah.